0: Act One of The Boss by Edward Sheldon. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Boss by Edward Sheldon. Cast of Characters James D. Griswold.
1: Read by Elliot Gage
0: Donald Griswold, his son Read by Chuck Williamson Emily Griswold, his daughter
2: Read by Amanda Friday
0: Mitchell, Mr. Griswold's butler
3: Read by
4: Todd
0: Lawrence Duncan
4: Read by John Smith
0: Michael R. Reagan
4: Read by Bruce Peary.
0: Davis, his private secretary.
4: Read by
1: Richard
0: Friday. Mrs. Kyler.
2: Read by Anastasia Saloja.
4: Gates. Read by Tavarish.
0: Porky McCoy, Reagan's rep in the fourth ward.
2: Read by Brett Downey.
0: Scanlon. Read by Texavie. Archbishop Sullivan Read by Bob Newfield French maid Read by Elizabeth Clatt Maid Read by Libby Gone First crowd member
3: Read by Libby Gone
0: Second crowd member Read by Todd Third crowd member Read by Michelle Eaton Fourth Crowd member.
2: Read by Amanda Friday.
0: Fifth crowd member. Read by M.B. First police officer. Read by Elizabeth Clatt. Second police officer. Read by
2: Anastasia Saloha.
0: Third police officer.
2: Read by Sarah Parshall.
0: Police inspector
1: read by denny sayers
0: narrator read by nancy beard act first griswold's drawing-room the afternoon of october twenty-eighth at the back double doors leading into the hall which can be seen when the doors are opened a newel post and balustrade leading upstairs are also seen in the hall at right two large windows looking upon the lawn and street beyond. To right front, near the windows, is a low tea table, at present occupied by cigarette box, ashtray, and flowers. To the right at back is a baby grand piano facing the windows. Near this is a big grandfather chair, other chairs, smaller table in several large vases on tables piano and the mantelpiece are quantities of superb american beauty roses they strike the eye at once at left the fireplace as the curtain rises griswold is seen walking nervously to and fro he is a well-bred man of fifty or so carefully and soberly dressed he looks very worried and keeps glancing at his watch He stops to throw the stump of his cigar into the grate, then lights another and recommences his restless walk. Suddenly, he stops at the window, glances out, then goes quickly to the door at back, opens it, and listens. The closing of the front door is heard. Griswold, calling.
1: That you, Donald?
0: Donald, outside. Yes. Come in here donald appears still in his overcoat and gloves a newspaper under his arm he is a distinguished-looking brilliant eager young man of about thirty the following scene is to be played at high tension by both men sharply quickly nervously
1: now what did he say wait till i shut the door he does so well
0: donald turning
3: it's all right He says he'll come here at five and talk it over.
0: Puts hat and paper on piano. Griswold, infinitely relieved.
1: Thank God. You've been just an hour and five minutes. I didn't know what to think.
0: Donald, taking off his gloves at piano.
1: He kept me waiting. His office is jam-full. Do you think the people know, then? Know what? That he's pushed us out of business.
0: Donald takes off his coat, puts it on the piano.
1: Oh, not
3: yet. Remember, the Western Amalgamated only went over to him today.
0: When did they wire us? About two o'clock? Griswold, turning away.
1: All the rest'll follow suit within a month.
0: Donald takes up newspaper.
1: Steady, father! Did you have any chance to talk to him?
3: Not much. He chewed a big cigar and put his feet on the desk and told me he'd had his eyes on our grain contracts ever since he began handling freight in '92.
1: Of course he wanted them. Why, they're the big reason this city has for existing. Half the wheat that goes into the world gets there through this port.
0: Donald, half to himself.
1: I wish I'd smashed him in the face
0: right before his stenographers. Griswold, walking up and
1: down. I've run the business as well as I could. I felt a public responsibility. You know that. And now this Irish
3: tough of an ex-barkeep has come along and swindled and blackjacked
0: and knifed his way up to the place you've... Griswold, stopping him.
1: Don't, my boy, don't. He'll be here in half an hour. We've got to keep cool and think.
0: Donald, continuing his own line of thought. Why,
3: we could have managed him if we'd been willing to stoop a bit and dabble in his own dirt.
1: We must think. That's it. Think. Oh, you could have put him up in the clubs,
3: introduced him to Emily. I could have clapped him on the back, called him by the first name. Ugh.
1: That's what he wanted. He'd have paid for that. Donald, drop it. We've got just an hour to get up something before he comes. But he's a
3: disgrace to the city. He knows it, and he knows we know it, and that's why he hates us so. Father, let me ring him up and tell him we've changed our minds. We'll get on without any arbitrating. Not let him come? Yes what's the use he's just doing it to gloat over us he hopes we're going to crawl
1: and whine
3: he'd enjoy that
1: i don't care i've got to see him and find out if there isn't some way out there isn't there must be my boy do you realize what we're in for do i it isn't as if the money were the only thing i know that it's the integrity of the firm it's my own good name please father those notes those savings bank notes what about them they're due on december first if we fail i can't meet them those banks'll go under like that
3: stop father don't
1: and donald do you know what those stockholders are going to say they're going to say he was the director Griswold was a director, and.
0: Door closes off stage. Donald, interrupting. That sounds like the front door. What? Donald goes to the door, opens it, listens, then reassuringly.
3: It's all right. Just Emily.
0: Emily Griswold appears. She is a brilliant, beautiful, assured young woman of about twenty eight, dressed very simply for the street wearing furs. Emily, stopping on seeing them.
2: Hello. Whatever made you two come home so early? Dad, you're ill. You're white as a sheet. Don? Why, what's the matter? What's happened?
3: Nothing.
1: Nothing at all.
2: Yes, there is. Oh, tell me, please, quick.
1: It's all right, dear Donald and I have to talk business with a man we couldn't very well ask to the office, so I suggested his coming here. You aren't expecting anyone to tea, are you?
2: Just Laurie Duncan. He doesn't count. Oh, dad, you do look dreadfully.
1: Then we can use this room. Yes, that would be better than taking him upstairs. Him? You see, it's shindy, Mike.
2: You don't mean Regan? She
0: looks at Donald, then back to Griswold.
2: What have you two got to see Regan about?
0: Oh, a lot of things a woman wouldn't understand. Buries himself in a newspaper.
2: Don't be so snappy, Don.
0: Donald over paper.
3: You may be all right down in the slums, but you're no good when it comes to business. <laughs> Do you hear? No earthly good.
2: You're evidently in one of your fox terrier moods today.
1: Well, is she, father? Stop squabbling, please.
2: But, Dad, I—
0: Griswold, interrupting.
1: How's my young scientific philanthropist? You've spent the whole afternoon in your beloved slums, haven't you? Well, where did you go?
0: Emily, taking off her furs.
2: Oh, down in the fourth ward. Around the docks.
1: Reagan's district.
0: He becomes lost in his own thoughts.
2: Yes oh it's too sorrowful the men spend all their wages on drink so of course the women can't feed the children and they haven't any shoes or coal think of it with the winter coming on and the worst of it is they don't really care they just seem tired and listless and they say they can't help it and that i don't understand well perhaps i don't but every time i see their faces i feel all of a sudden how much the world is carrying on its back and it makes me want to cry Because there's so little, so awfully little, that I can do to help. That's
3: perfectly true. So why don't you drop it, Emily, and act like other girls? Those people can get on without you. You're not so important as all that.
2: As a matter of fact, I'm awfully important. What? You ought to hear what Mrs. Moriarty said to Mrs. Scanlon about me.
3: Oh...
2: She said if the angels weren't built on my style, not even God could make her go to heaven.
3: Mrs. Moriarty must be somewhat of a humorist.
2: So don't ask me to stop working. I won't, not until I have a big clubhouse for the men and a cooking school for the women.
3: Donald, interrupting. And an incubator for the children. That it?
2: Yes, that's it.
1: Are you sure? he said five o'clock
3: yes
0: why it's only twenty-five minutes now glances at watch and clock and looks out of window
2: dad you haven't listened to one word i've been saying
1: haven't i dear i'm awfully sorry but i've got so much on my mind
2: i know it something is the matter dad i feel so guilty i've spent the whole day down in the ward and you've been in trouble and i haven't been here to help you i don't think your emily's much good after all but please forgive her, dear, for my sake, and tell me all about it. Now, father.
1: Nothing, dear. I said so once.
2: Wait a moment. Looking up
0: and speaking positively.
2: It's Regan.
1: Now, Emily,
3: we have to talk business, and there isn't much time. So run along, dear, please.
0: Do you mind? He takes her by her arms and pushes her toward the door. Emily, shaking him off.
2: Yes, of course I mind. I'm going to stay and hear what you have to say.
0: No, you're not. Goes to table.
2: Don, stop contradicting me. Even though I am a girl, I'm one of the family, and I intend to be consulted whenever anything important is going on.
3: This is private, though. Do you hear? Private.
2: I don't care if it is or not.
0: Father! Make her go
2: away.
1: Oh, dear, please.
0: Emily, interrupting suddenly.
2: I know what it is. Will you tell me if I'm right?
0: You
3: don't know anything about it.
2: Don't I, though? Regan's trying to steal Dad's contracts with the grain companies.
0: Emily, you make me tired. Emily, turning to Griswold.
2: Isn't that right, dear?
1: No.
0: Donald. To Emily, approvingly.
1: There! What did I tell you? He has stolen them. He's done us, Emily. What? Father! Do you think this is wise? She's got to hear it sooner or later.
2: You don't mean... The Western?
1: Yes. The Western went over to him today.
2: But the others?
1: They'll follow like sheep. No, we're finished this time. Finished
0: he turns away quickly emily rushing to him
2: but dad you mustn't give up you must arrange it with him discuss it come to an understanding
1: that's why we've asked him here this afternoon but he makes a despairing gesture
2: Don, can't you manage it somehow
0: i'll do my best if we
3: could get him to keep those thieving hands off the western for one month only one month couldn't i make him lie down and take the count how the easiest thing in the world
2: well tell us
1: go on my boy
2: i'd get his men to strike get his men to strike could you do it
3: (laughs) could i good lord why they're just like a powder magazine waiting for the match all they need is a leader who studied law and has a little nerve. How many of them are there? Over 8,000. And sick to death of being grounded up like Texas steers with a gang of toughs for cowboys. I could get after his liquor systems, too. The public now doesn't even realize
2: he has one. His liquor system?
0: Griswold, pointing to Emily.
1: There, you see.
2: What is his liquor system, Don? Why, it's
1: his money
2: that is the back of every saloon in the fourth
3: ward, and each employee who won't leave half his wages on a Reagan bar before he goes home Saturday night gets his quit notice when the whistle blows on Monday morning.
2: Is that true?
3: (laughs) True? Of course it's true. And that's just one of the little tricks that have made him what he is today.
2: Then that's why the men come home drunk. And the children have no food. And the women say I don't understand.
3: People say that Shendi's out for the dollar. It's a lie. He's out for the dime. And you can take it from me that every penny he owns, he's ripped out of a human heart.
2: Don, why didn't you tell me this before? What's the matter? I've met him.
1: Reagan? Where? Where?
2: At a dinner the streeters gave. He rides in the park. Why, we cantered around the bridle path twice, only this morning.
1: Emily! My child.
2: He—he wasn't at all what I'd expected. Of course he was tough, but there was something nice about him.
0: A movement from Donald and Griswold.
2: Really, there was. Something—oh, I don't know, Dad, but—why, he was just like a little boy
3: little boy rot you're a nice sort of girl you are playing around with a crook who's stolen your father's business
2: well i didn't know it did i you and dad never open your mouths to me and then when anything happens it's all my fault i suppose i
0: mitchell enters
2: what do you want mitchell
0: mr duncan he holds open the door and Lawrence duncan comes in He is a lazy, attractive young man of about twenty-six.
4: Well, Emily, I'm glad you don't spend all your time in the fourth ward. How do you do, sir? Hello, Don. Hello. Mr. Griswold, have these two been scraping again? To Emily. What's the matter?
2: You talk as if this were a peace conference.
0: Looking at Donald. But it isn't. She sits down at the piano. Donald returning the look. Not by a long shot. I believe you. Emily plays piano. Duncan goes towards her, leaning over piano. Please, let's have tea.
4: I'm awfully hungry. Donald looks at watch uneasily. Tea? Yes, you know you promised. Oh, if you've forgotten, don't bother. I'll come another time. He turns to the door.
2: Of course, I remember now.
0: Donald signals across to his father that they leave the room. Emily stops playing.
2: Sit down, Laurie, and don't be a goose. When that man appears, I'll tell Mitchell to send him up to the library.
1: Very well, dear.
2: Daddy, listen. So long as you and Don and I are well and have each other, I don't think we ought to worry much, no matter how badly business goes. Do you?
1: My dear, I'm afraid you don't understand these things. Goodbye, my boy. Remember me to your mother.
4: Thanks, Mr. Griswold. Good night. Griswold goes out.
2: Don, will you forgive me?
0: Donald, trying to be stern. You don't deserve it.
2: Not if I promise never, never, never to do it again.
3: Don't bother. I'll take care of that. Oh, Laurie, shall we have
0: some squash Saturday? All right. Bye-bye, old man. Donald goes out, closing the door. Emily pressing a bell.
2: Oh dear, I do have such trouble keeping my men folks in order. <laughs> don't laugh, Laurie. I'm depressed today.
4: What's the matter?
2: Life. That's all. Just life.
0: Mitchell comes in with tea tray. Emily goes to tea table.
2: Here comes your precious tea. Never say again I don't keep my word. Have you put on some of those little biscuits Mr. Duncan's so fond of? Oh, yes, I see. Thank you.
0: Mitchell has taken the flowers from the table and put them on the piano, replacing them with the tea tray. Then he goes out quietly, Emily filling the teapot.
2: Now pull up the big chair and we'll have a nice comfy time. You'd better begin by fessing up, don't you think?
0: What about? Emily, seated, nodding.
2: Those roses? Not gilly. Don't be absurd. They came just as usual. Four huge boxes of them. You might admit it, Lori, when you see me wearing one.
4: I may be a liar, but I have odd moments of telling the truth. Honestly, I have. And I feel one coming on now.
2: Well, let it come.
4: I'm far too hard up to send you American Beauties at 25 a dozen. Oh, yes. I've priced them, all right. Although, you know, Emily, if I could... I'd have you walk on rose leaves for the rest of your life.
2: Rose leaves? Oh, people irritate me so when they talk like that. If you'd seen what I have this afternoon, you'd...
0: Checking herself.
2: How do you like your tea? Five lumps and cream?
0: He stops, looking at her curiously. Oh, I don't want any tea, Emily.
2: No tea? Then what did you come for? You said...
0: Duncan, very nervously and obviously bracing himself.
4: I came because I wanted to ask you something. I've been trying to get up the courage for weeks, but, but, while well, there's something about you that frightens me. It always has. For heaven's sake, stop thinking a moment, can't you? Emily, don't look at me like that. It's horrible. Emily, will you marry me? Yes, that's it. I want you to marry me. Now I've done it. He wipes his forehead,
0: Emily in mild reproof.
2: Oh, my dear boy
0: well what
4: about it
2: I'm afraid you mustn't talk to me that way anymore
4: mustn't talk to you that way why not
2: I couldn't that's all now let's talk about something else
4: no we won't not till we finish this I think I've known you long enough Emily to say a few things you ought to hear so I'm going to light right in you haven't treated me squarely why not Just because you're clever and beautiful and know five times as much as most men, there's no reason for leading them on. Emily, interrupting indignantly.
2: I don't lead them on.
4: Yes, you do. You do lead them on. And then when you've got them all tangled up, poor devils, you take delight in turning them down.
2: Oh, that's not fair.
4: What if they weren't up on philanthropy, economics, civic responsibility, and all that sort of thing? They were mighty fine fellows, some of them. And that counts a whole lot. No, Emily. I'm afraid now. I believe what I used to think I never could. That you haven't any heart after all.
0: Emily, impatiently holding out plate.
2: Oh, take a biscuit and stop being silly.
0: Duncan, refusing the plate.
4: No, thanks. No biscuit. Everybody said you hadn't. But I've been fool enough to think I knew better. Well, I don't anymore. So goodbye.
0: He rises and goes towards door.
2: No, wait. Laurie, you mustn't go like that. You may be right about me. I don't know. I feel that way myself lots of times. And yet I do believe, way down, deep down, I believe there is a man waiting for me somewhere, and that I'll know him when he comes along.
4: Don't I look the least bit like him? Couldn't you manage to mistake us in the dark?
2: I'm afraid not, Laurie.
4: He turns silently away.
2: Oh, please don't be hurt. You've been my best friend for so long, I... I don't think I could get on without you now. Emily. You know the way I mean. But I wish... Do you mind if I say it? It's only because I'm so fond of you.
4: No. Go ahead. I can stand anything now.
2: I wish you'd wake up, Lori. You've been asleep all your life. Oh, I know you've had a good time. And I like good times so much myself. "'that I feel I oughtn't to say a word. "'But... but there is something more. "'I wish when you walk down the street "'everybody would turn and say, "'There goes Lawrence Duncan. "'He's done a lot to help this city. "'He's a fine man, and I'm proud of him. "'I suppose I'm talking nonsense, Laurie, "'but you know what I mean.'
4: "'Yes, of course I do. "'You mean why don't I go down there "'and start basketball teams and boxing classes "'for those kids in the fourth ward? "'Well, I don't know how.'
2: "'But you could learn.'
4: I tell you, Emily, it's not in my line.
2: People said that to me, but I went right ahead.
4: But I just make a fool of myself. Everybody I know would be laughing at me.
2: They used to laugh at me. Perhaps they still do. The only difference is, I never hear them anymore. They seem so far away.
4: She is lost in a sort of dreamy enthusiasm. Emily, you've been working too hard down there. You're a little bit cracked on that subject. You're morbid. Really, you are. Now listen, dear. Leave all those dirty people for a little while and come up here where you belong.
2: Do you mean that?
4: Of course I mean it. Emily, after a slight pause.
2: Then there's no use talking any more.
1: Enter Mitchell. Mr. Reagan,
5: madam. He says Mr. Griswold is expecting him.
2: Mr. Reagan? Oh, yes. Put him in the reception room, Mitchell, until I go upstairs. Then bring him in here. I'll tell Mr. Griswold.
0: Mitchell bows.
2: And Mr. Duncan is going.
0: Mitchell holds open the door, hesitates. Then seeing that Duncan is not going, he disappears.
4: Shindy Mike?
0: Emily nodding.
2: Yes, it's business. That's why I'm so worried.
0: When he walks down the street, everybody turns and looks at him. Emily interrupting and smiling.
2: Shh! Be quiet! He's out there in the hall! Goodbye. Come to dinner Thursday, will you? If you want me i do
4: then of course i shall
0: he kisses her hands lightly before she can take them away
4: god bless you dear
0: he goes out emily with a sigh goes to the piano takes up her furs and gloves and turns to the door just as she reaches it there is a sound of voices outside in the hall reagan's voice outside
5: that's okay here's a dollar for ye go on and take it you won't all right i'm going in anyway
0: Reagan walks in, putting a bill back in his pocket. On seeing Emily, he stops in sudden embarrassment and smiles.
5: Pardon me, Miss Griswold. I thought I'd just step in and ask ye how you was feelin' after your ride.
2: I believe my father's expecting you, Mr. Regan. If you'll wait, I'll send him down.
5: Say, Miss Griswold, would you mind sitting here while I talk to ye for a minute? I won't keep ye long.
2: I'm afraid I can't, Mr. Regan. Good afternoon.
5: Good afternoon, Miss.
0: She goes out at the back of the stage without looking at him or smiling. Reagan is left to himself. He is a man of about thirty-eight, the Irish-American bulldog type, talks and looks like the tough who has risen to a great position and is not yet at home in it. He is apt to be too polite and ceremonious, but when he is moved or excited, this drops easily away. He is elaborately dressed in a morning coat with a gardenia in his buttonhole. He wears a diamond scarf-pin and is very conscious of his clothes. After Emily goes, he begins looking about the room, notices the flowers with a good deal of satisfaction. He looks at himself in the mirror, straightens his tie, and then glances suddenly at the door to see if he has been detected. He consults his watch just as the door opens and Griswold and Donald come in. Mr. Reagan, Reagan shaking hands effusively.
5: "'Glad to see ye, sir, and the young man, too,'
0: shakes hands with Donald.
5: "'Glad to see ye.' "'Sit down, Mr. Reagan. I
1: don't want to take too much of your valuable time.' "'Ah, oh, there's no rush.
5: I got all day.'
0: There is a silence. Griswold and Donald exchange glances. Reagan realizes that he is being criticized. He turns ugly in a moment.
5: "'Well?' If you two gents is so strong for business let's get at it you asked me to come here i am what do you want all right mr
1: reagan i'll go straight to the point i've been handling all the grain that's landed in this city for nearly twenty-five years since ninety-five you've managed to get hold of the freight contracts you were on the inside of dock life you knew how to manage those men you could make them work for an impossible wage well you've succeeded and now you naturally want the grain contracts too i've done my best but i'm afraid i've been too conservative to fight the conditions you've created
0: during this speech reagan has lighted a huge cigar which he puffs arrogantly
5: you mean i'm a grafter and a thief but you'll be damned if you're one too that it you have
1: a clear way of putting things mr reagan Well, I heard today from the Western Amalgamated that you've offered them terms I can't possibly meet. All the smaller companies will follow the Western, of course. Mr. Reagan, you've beaten me. You control the grain handling business of this country.
0: Reagan, leaning back.
1: Well, what are you going to do about it? Wait just a moment. I want to make the situation perfectly clear. For a good many years I've been rather prominent
5: in the direction of three very
1: important savings
5: banks."
0: Reagan interrupting,
5: The People's Trust, the Union Deposit and the Farmer's Loan, and they put up the money you've been fightin' me with. Ye got insecurities that won't be worth the paper they're wrote on.
0: Griswold and Donald exchange a quick look.
5: If ye lose that fight—and ye have lost it, Griswold—I've smashed ye and ye you know it. Ye'll file your petition within a week there'll be a run on those banks and they'll go to hell so quick they'll never know what struck em that it that's it how did you find out how do i find out anything i pound and pay until they cough it up see if you take over my credit now you'll shake the credit of the whole state i don't give up bronx cocktail for the credit of the state the wheat's got to be handled and so long as i got that i can hang on through any run that ever happened and what's more i'll make good money doing it
1: Mr Reagan
0: Reagan leaning forward.
5: But you can't. Say, do you know where a run would land you? In state's prison with a steady job as laundryman a washin' underwear. But my securities Ah oh, hell, do you think a jury a reformed porch climbers is going to believe them securities was any better when ye gave them than they are now? Hear me laugh. Ha, ha no ye was a director and ye used the bank's funds to float your own business and ye got left that's how it'll look on the front page of the one-cent daily remember that omaha man what was his name kimball kendall he got twenty for a deal enough like yours to be its long-lost brother and that was before the days of collier's weekly too god bless its little
1: soul I was inside the law. If anything happens, it was only a set of circumstances.
5: Why, I'd have cut off my hand before I— Father! Ah, go tell that to the birdies in the park. Tain't what ye do that counts in this world. It's what folks think ye done.
1: Look here, Regan, give me six months before taking over the Western. I have some loans coming in. I can stick it through by then.
5: Six months. Nixie, too long. Four not on your gay young life one only one it can't hurt you at the end you'll get the business just the same yeah but i think i ought to be making a moral example o ye guy with swell position born with a silk hat looks down on irish upstarts turns the whole block into an ice-house when he meets em on the street mr reagan let him go on father what do ye think the depositors in them banks are going to think about your principles when they find that all their savings have gone blah why the fourth ward alone's got over two thousand accounts in the people's trust sure they're only irish hooligans that wouldn't know a cream de menthe from a grand piano but what are ye going to tell em mr griswold when they up and smash your beak off on your way to jail that'll do
3: (sighs) yes regan i guess we've had enough
5: ah gee the trouble with you patent leather slobs is you can't tell a joke when you get it in the eye now i'm not trying to do ye i'm not help me god what do ye say to a a compromise compromise what do you say to a bunch-up of the two firms bunch-up sure Take hold good and hard, spit on em, squeeze em together, and out she comes! Reagan, Griswold, and Company. Naw! Damn it, you're getting to be an old man, and the drinks is on me. Griswold, Reagan, and Company. Contractors. Donald
0: and Griswold exchange glances of amazement.
5: There! How does that sound? Amalgamation? That's it, but my mouth's too full of teeth to say it. Gee, couldn't we give this town a hunch, you and me? I wonder. You'd supply the polish and the style, talk it up big with the church members and first families, and meanwhile I'd be round in the back yard with my coat off a-doing of the work.
1: You mean the new firm would be run by you according to your present successful standards, while I'd be in front to keep the people from examining too closely into what we were doing? That it? Straight in the bull's eye. Well, You can't do it, Father. I know all about that, but I must think of those small depositors. That's beyond us,
3: Father. We can't help them. But here's a man asking you to come down from the principles on which you based your life and brought us up. To come down to his own dirty tricks. There's only one answer to a man like that, Father. And that's the door.
5: "'Oh, that's your line of talk, is it?
0: Controls himself with difficulty.
5: No, I won't let ye get a rise out of me. We got too much to settle. Griswold, if ye come in with me on this, I'll let ye manage the business any way ye like. I don't care how honest ye make it. Though we'll lose money, of course, but god above us. Money ain't everything, especially when ye got a nice bunch of real estate up town, a ripenin' away like bananas in a dago's bed. Do you mean you'll be
1: willing to take the lead from me?
5: Sure, I'll jump in and give morality a good fair show. After all, times is changing, and it may pay now better than it used to. In that case, I'm inclined to say I... You'll take me up? Good. Shake on it.
0: Enthusiastically seizing his hand.
5: This is a great day for Mike Reagan, all right, all right.
3: Wait a second, father. What's he letting us down so easy for? Looking at Reagan, why he's got us nailed, and he knows it.
1: Donald, I don't think you quite appreciate all Mr. Reagan is offering. Uh,
3: yes, I do, and I don't like it, not one bit.
0: Turning to Reagan, there's something else.
3: Why don't you lay it on the table and be done with it?
0: A pause. Reagan ill at ease throwing away his cigar
5: you're a smart kid ain't you wish i had a couple like ye in the office well you've called my bluff and i don't mind showing my hand
0: he hesitates go on the whole thing mind pause reagan struggling in his embarrassment
5: it's hard to say somehow i don't know why it should be "'You see, Mr. Griswold, I didn't care nothing about squaring things this way "'when I started in to grab your business.' "'I believe you. Go on.' "'But I've been thinking now I'd like to make up good and close to ye, "'cause—' "'He stops. "'Well,
0: because what?'
5: "'Cause I want to ask your daughter if by any chance she'd mind being Mrs. R.' "'What?' "'Marry me, that's what.'
0: There is a moment of stupefaction. Well,
5: this is the finishing touch. I tell ye, it's your only chance.
0: Griswold, controlling himself.
5: That's all, Mr. Reagan. Don't let us keep you.
0: Reagan, in all the glory of his toughness.
5: Ah, oh, ye think ye's hell, don't ye? Get out that door. I'll learn ye, ye bunch of stuck-up highbrows. I'll learn ye that I'm it and you're knit
3: oh we all know what you can do and we don't care but if you're not gone in one minute i'll call the butler and have him kick you down the front steps
5: i came here with a proposition and two hundred bloody butlers couldn't bounce me before i get an answer you've got it mr reagan not from her don't you dare say her name why not damn it ain't i asking her to marry me
0: donald about to attack him you enter emily dad has she stops on seeing reagan
2: oh i beg your pardon i thought you and don were alone griswold
0: trying to be polite
1: mr reagan is leaving dear in just a few moments go away emily
0: please emily starts to obey and is arrested by reagan's voice
5: pardon me miss griswold Do ye mind coming in for a minute and shutting the door? That'll do, dear. We'll excuse you. Go
0: away, Emily!
5: Will ye come in and sit down?
0: She looks at him, pauses, hesitates.
5: I'm asking ye to sit down.
0: She hesitates again, then still looking at him, obeys. Well, of all the...
5: (sighs) Emily,
3: Dad, and I won't want you here.
5: We've said so twice, and... I guess I'm the one to do the talkin listen to me, Miss Griswold
0: Emily, raising her eyebrows,
2: I'm listening, Mr. Wagon.
0: Pause, Donald and Griswold are amazed.
5: I ain't seen ye more'n four times, but I'm no horse-car when it comes to makin up my mind. I'm thirty-eight years old and never had a sick day in my life, except when some guy laid me out scrappin, and mostly I can say it's been the other way around. I drink now and then but havin' been a barkeep when young i know to a finger how much i can carry so i never throw in no more i never gamble nor play the races for the simple reason they seem kind of slow alongside of my business and i never got mixed up with women o' any size or colour cause i I've been on the jump i s'pose and they tell me women takes a lot of time but now i'm getting along and i've made my pile and i feel like settlin down and havin someone pour my coffee in the mornin and put my slippers on the steam-heater at night you mean- i guess you're wise i want to marry ye to get a social position for
0: his dirty politics
5: young feller i can put this through without no button in understand to emily he could help me miss griswold and i ain't ashamed to say it but that ain't the reason why i want ye
2: "'Isn't it, Mr. Regan? Suppose you tell me, then, what is?'
5: "'I love ye. Well, that's why.'
0: She shrinks a little and looks at him fixedly until Donald speaks. "'Yes,
3: and he's offered to buy you. "'He's got us right against the wall, and he says he'll let us off. "'He's offered Father a partnership, promised to back him in everything.' "'What?' And it's all on the condition that we pass you over like a Van Dyke portrait for that man to hang in his drawing room.
2: Dear old Dad, Don, if we're going to the poorhouse, then at least we'll make it a family party.
3: (laughs) I knew you'd say that. We can't help a squash-up. It's not our fault if the banks go under.
2: Banks go under?
3: And anyway, Reagan, there's no use your staying here now. So move along there, and be quick about it.
2: Banks go under? What do you mean?
3: Oh, for heaven's sake, don't bother, dear. It's all right.
2: I mean, you can't
3: do anything.
2: But I don't understand, and I want to, Don. I intend to.
3: Drop it, dear, please.
2: Dad? Now, father...
1: Wait until later,
5: Emily,
2: Mr. Reagan. Do you know anything about this?
5: I know the whole blamed thing.
2: then tell me, please,
5: oh, don't listen to him, dear.
3: He's got it all wrong, and-oh,
5: have I? I don't know about that. Your father's borrowed money from three big savings banks. He just happens to be a director in a all. when he goes bankrupt. That'll start a run. They'll stop payment.
2: Stop payment.
5: Yeah, and all them scoopers of mine that you're so stuck on, they'll lose every bit of dough they've managed to scrape together. You don't mean— Sure. They got their cash in the People's Trust, the steady ones, I mean. It's the only savings bank the Fourth Ward patronizes. Well, it's just that very cash your pa here borrowed, and if he can't pay it back, why, they get left. See?
2: Dad, is this true?
5: In a measure, yes
2: and all those men down there are going to lose their money.
1: There may be some difficulty. I don't deny that, but—
2: But, Daddy, dear, they have so little. It means everything to them. And we—why, we're responsible, don't you see?
1: It's a tremendous misfortune as far as they go, but I acted with the strictest honesty, and I don't see—
2: Isn't there anything else you'll take? Won't you offer that partnership on any other basis?
1: i guess not what would i be getting
3: partnership do you think father would consider for a minute anything
2: he's right father won't do it now but would you be satisfied with half the grain companies putting the other half entirely in his hands would you promise to go ahead under that arrangement and leave him absolutely alone
5: yeah but what about me will him and that young feller promise to leave me alone
2: mr reagan i think you can rely on my family's doing the honest thing reagan after a moment of hesitation
5: all right i'll give him half That's square is it a deal now take me up
2: i've got to there's nothing else for me to do oh emily don't be a fool
1: do you know what you're saying my child
0: reagan deeply moved holding out his hand
5: put it there miss put it there and shake my dear
0: for heaven's
3: sake emily think who you are
2: i can't all i can think of are the men who have their hard-earned little accounts in those banks you haven't seen their wives and children you don't know the misery they're struggling under but i've seen it i know and anything i can do to keep those pitiful little families from giving up and going all to pieces why i intend to do it and nothing that you or father or anybody else can say is going to stop me
3: you hear that tell her you don't want her tell her you won't take her you tell her or i'll
5: ah go on you smoke too many cigarettes you donald keep quiet the servants
1: oh i can see now you've cooked this
3: whole thing up you've been meeting on the sly trying to carry on an affair you know we'd never let you marry him, so you make him get a stranglehold on father's business, and then you think you've got us gagged and bound. You cut that now. You think I'm afraid of you, Reagan, but I'm not. And I tell you now, right between the eyes, if you go on with this dirty scheme to get hold of my sister, I'll...
5: Well, what'll you do?
3: Wait and see.
2: Remember, Don. If Mr. Regan doesn't interfere with you, you have no right to interfere with him. That's settled.
3: You're crazy! Give it up! Emily, darling! I can't. Do you realize what you're doing? You're choosing between us! Yes, you are! It's Dad and I against this man!
2: I'm not choosing! Oh, Don, dear, can't you see?
5: I can see you're a base, disloyal little Quit picking on her now. I've stood here long enough a listening to your gab, and if that's the line of talk you hand out at home, I don't blame her for wantin' to beat it. Gee, the only thing that jolts me is she ain't skipped before.
3: Come along, father I've had enough of this.
5: Don't let me keep ye
1: as for you
0: checking himself. We'll talk about it later. He goes out with a final look at Regan.
1: Coming, dear?
2: No. I have several things to talk over with Mr. Regan.
1: Then I'll stay.
2: Please don't.
1: You mean I'd be in the way? Yes. I'm sorry. I'm...
2: He waits a moment, straightens
0: himself, and goes without looking back. Emily, as soon as the door shuts, with a despairing sob.
2: Daddy! Daddy!
0: Regan with rough tenderness.
5: I'm awful sorry for you, miss, but they'll come round all right if you just sit tight. They always do, and—
2: Before we go further, I must make you understand one thing. I don't care for you. I feel quite sure I never can. We've got to face that fact together, you and I. Well? I'll keep my word. I'll—I'll marry you. But if I do, it's with the understanding that everything stops at the church door. I won't really be your wife. I can't. That's all there is to it. I—I I can't.
0: He comes towards her.
2: No, wait till I've finished. You were perfectly right when you called it a deal. I'll help you with my position. I'll do the best I can for you that way.
5: Ah, quit it.
2: And in return you'll let go my father. I'm perfectly above board, perfectly clear, just an everyday bargain. If you want me, on that basis, remember, you can have me well
5: that's a pretty sharp offer you're making me but i don't care i'll close with it now
2: you don't mean you'll take those terms
5: i'll take what i can get see and then i get a little more
2: you won't this time
5: i'll run the chanced
2: very well then there's nothing more to be said my family are going to make trouble so i think we'd better finish it up as soon as we conveniently can
5: i'll get the license tonight we'll be married the first thing in the morning that suits ye
2: could you make it in the afternoon about three i have a luncheon engagement
5: sure i'll have everything ready and okay, and meet you on the steps of st patrick's at five minutes too
2: mr reagan change your mind don't do it let me off please oh please
5: i won't i won't let ye off i won't
0: he tries to take her in his arms emily shuddering and turning away remember
5: all right it's three sharp. Then,
0: he goes to door. Three sharp. Regan, his hand on the knob.
5: Don't keep me waitin'.
0: I'm always prompt. reagan with an irrepressible smile.
5: Oh, before I go, there's one thing I want to thank you for. That rose of mine you're wearin'. Twas lookin' at that kept my nerve up all the time.
2: So it's been you.
5: Sure. I thought you'd caught on long ago.
0: Emily bitterly as she unpins the rose
2: no i hadn't caught on
0: as she speaks he goes out softly closing the door behind him she throws the rose on tea table end of act one